We all have questions. We all need answers. It is on this program that we get our answers from the Bible. It's time to Ask the Preacher with Rev. Carl Gallops of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida. Welcome to another edition of Ask the Preacher. I'm your host, Mike Bates, and with me in the studio, as he is every week, the pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida, Reverend Carl Gallops. Welcome, Carl. And it is always my pleasure to be here, Mike. It is fun doing these shows. It I is really a lot enjoy of fun. It. I get a lot out of it. Yeah, you're the devil, I'm the saint. It's always fun being the good guy in the white hat. Well, but I play devil's advocate. That doesn't automatically make me the devil. That's right. Does it? it? But you do a scary job. You're so convincingly good. Well, I'm Christian enough to know what to ask, heathen enough to ask it. To to actually ask the question, I know. Because I know some people, I can't believe you asked him that question. I know. I can't believe he would say that. But you know, that's what makes the shows interesting, I think. If we just sat around telling each other how right we were, it would be boring. <laughs> that it, way, it, it would be, there would has it? to be some conflict and, and right. some tension. What's your question for well, me today? I'm waiting with bated breath. Speaking of conflict and tension, okay. uh, let's talk about some explosive conflict and tension. One that shattered You're scaring the church. Me. Your adjectives are scaring me. The Protestant Reformation. Oh, yes. 15-something. Yeah. What was the Protestant Reformation, why did it happen, and what did it mean? Wow. Tremendous question. Is this going to be a six-hour show? Yeah, gonna be, yeah, it could be. It could be. You know, they teach whole courses on this. Uh, their library is filled with volumes of book on this. So for those that know more about it than I do, uh, please forgive me for the simplistic 30-minute answer that we'll give here this morning. But uh, but uh, I, I, th- I think this will be a very useful show to to Christians. Um, well, the the whole topic of the Protestant Reformation still is quite explosive today. And, 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 and you know, in the United States, we are a little bit insulated from the explosiveness of it because in the United States because of our constitution we basically have a guarantee of freedom of religion for all religions and so Catholics and Protestants and Muslims and you know and Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses and Hindus and and and, and they all can worship in freedom and we get along together relatively well probably better than any other culture in the world so because of that this the explosive nature of the Protestant Catholic dichotomy is not nearly as as, uh, as pronounced as it is in Europe or uh, uh, like uh, Ireland, for example, uh, uh, we, you know where wars have been fought and still are fought to this very day over this issue of the Protestant Reformation and Catholicism versus Protestantism. So because we're insulated from it here in the United States, there are a lot of Christians, Catholics and Protestants alike, who really don't understand the history of this and who really don't understand the the the, the nature of, of what the whole thing was about. So let me go back. I'm just going to do a cursory uh, review to this because really it could take hours to do it in its, in its depth. But basically, the Catholic Church was the predominant Christian force in Europe for hundreds of years. Um, born probably in its earliest stages around 150 A.D., uh, becoming the Roman Catholic Church under the uh, legal order of the Roman Emperor Constantine, who legalized Christianity, and I'm doing the little quotes with my fingers there, who legalized Christianity, basically uh, pronouncing that th- this form of religion would be a part of the Roman government and officially recognized by the Roman government. And from there on, we kind of, it became known as the Roman Catholic Church because it was distinctly 
tied to the government, which, by the way, is why our founding fathers, most of them Protestant, by the way, I think all of them Protestant, actually, um, uh, de- delineated in our Constitution this um, understanding of, of that the government would never establish a religion. There could be no such thing as a government-established official religion whereby the people of the United States were forced to worship in a certain denomination. That's what that First Amendment is all about. Why? Because of the Protestant Reformation understanding that came out of Europe, where our forefathers came from. And that was as the Catholic Church became the dominant Christian religion of all of Europe. And even in England it was until, I think it was Henry VIII kind of uh, declared himself uh, the king of the church. And, and, and then we came up with the Church of England, which is basically nothing more than the English version of the Roman Catholic Church under the king of England. So you, you had this huge, dominant religious force in Europe, the Roman Catholic Church, or something like it, like in the Church of England. And it, in, and it, in its European days, was very, very centered around uh, superstition. It was centered around icons and, and religious figures, popes and bishops and cardinals. And it was centered around festivities and holy days and festivals. And I've said to people that it was, in its day, uh, pretty much a, a Christian form of the old Jewish Judaism. Uh, it had, you know, its whole system of sacrifices through indulgences and, and uh, purchasing of uh, favors. And um, it had, uh, you know, the priest with the long flowing robes and all of the, of, of the, of the um, uh, liturgy that went with it. And uh, except it was distinctly Christian in that it exalted and lifted up uh, Jesus Christ as the way of salvation. However, the Roman Catholic Church also proclaimed that the only way you could get that salvation was through the Roman Catholic Church and by being a Roman Catholic. And so, that was the dominant Christian force in Europe for these hundreds of years until something happened in the 1500s. A uh, Catholic priest by the name of Martin Luther, uh, who had been assigned to church in Wittenberg, Germany, uh, he began reading and studying and teaching a series of lectures on the book of Romans and Galatians, on those two books especially. Um, and in his study of those books at that level, he had a tremendously eye-opening experience, Mike. He began to realize that a lot of the teachings of that Roman Catholic European church um, were false. That is, they were not biblical. They just did not match the, the biblical teachings concerning salvation and God's grace and that you couldn't earn your way into heaven and you couldn't, there were no such things as, as levels of purgatory and you couldn't buy people in and out of levels of purgatory with your indulgences and you couldn't atone for your sins by purchasing indulgences. I, you know, and, and they be, he began to understand this, that from the pure contextual reading and study of the Word of God, the Catholic system just didn't hold up. And so you, you might, one might ask, well, why didn't he know that before? Well, he was a priest, wasn't he? He was a preacher of the Word. Why didn't he know that? What do you mean he started studying the Word? He was already a preacher. He never studied the Word. Yes, but 
but in that European Catholic system, when one went to the Catholic seminary to prepare to be a Catholic priest, you didn't necessarily study the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in its context. Rather, you studied the Catholic system. You studied the Catholic liturgy and the scriptures that were connected to the Catholic liturgy, sometimes in context, sometimes not in context, didn't matter as long as it kind of fit the liturgy. And so you learned how to be a good Catholic. You learned how to be a good Catholic priest. And you learned the Catholic liturgy system rituals and regulations. And so you came out on the other side a good Catholic priest. So Martin Luther, this good Catholic priest, began to study the scriptures in context, letting the Bible speak for the Bible in its historical and literary context, and he was astounded at what he found. And so in the year 1517, on the date of October 31st, which was All Saints Day or All Hallows Eve, uh, uh, All Saints Day, the uh, uh, one of the biggest Catholic holidays, especially in Europe of that day, um, on the church door at Wittenberg, Germany, the church where he was the priest, he posted his 95 theses for which he has now become famous. In other words, 95 reasons why he thought the Catholic Church was being unbiblical in its presentation of itself. Now, truly, Martin Luther did not do this to split from the Catholic Church. He did not do it to break from the Catholic Church. He did not do it to trash or to hurt the Catholic Church. Um, as I said, this is just a 30-minute program, and I could go so much deeper into this. But he did it because he truly wanted to be a good Catholic, and he wanted to be a good Catholic priest. And he, prior to this date, he had been having debates with Catholic theologians and had asked for an audience with the bishops and the cardinals and the popes. And basically, he was turned down and ridiculed and made a fool of and labeled dangerous. But then so finally, out of frustration in trying to reform the church from within and to make it more biblical, to make it more presentable to the people as a true Christian faith, he posted these 95 theses for which he was summarily attacked and persecuted and life-threatened and almost died, was almost killed in several cases and tribunals, etc. Was doing so a violation of civil law as well? Did the state attack him when he did that, or did just the church you attack him? You know, Mike, when he did I'm going to take a guess at that. You've asked, that's a very good question, and, and you know, we do these shows without prior preparation and notes, so I, I do not recall, but I would guess it probably was in that. The Roman Catholic Church was heavily connected to the governments of Europe in that day. Mm -hmm. And civil and criminal and church law often went hand in hand. To violate the state mm -hmm. was to violate the church. To violate the church was to violate the state. I would imagine that there were some civil laws being broken, criminal laws being broken at the same time. I, that's just my best educated guess. Now, okay. a listener may prove me wrong on that later, but but my best educated guess would be that it, it, that it was. But so it was quite a bold it, and daring oh, it was a act. Huge, bold and daring mm -hmm. act. And, and it was certainly in violation of Catholic law, and the Catholic Church was extremely ingrained into the life, the culture, and the government of the people. So it was a huge act of defiance. It wasn't like me standing up in my church on a Sunday morning and disagreeing with the government in America, where we have the right to do that, and we're not connected to the government anyway. No, it was totally different from that. It was like totally connected to the government. Uh, he didn't really have a right to do that, and it was a very bold and defiant and courageous act for him to do this. Now, Catholic theologians in the Catholic Church has debated for the last hundreds of years uh, the last 500 years that Martin Luther was wrong on a lot of his uh, thesis and a lot of his uh, 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 presentation of the fallacies of the Catholic Church. You know, that to this day they declare that he was wrong and that he was mistaken, he was misguided, he was, you know, he misunderstood, etc. But out of that defiant, bold act, the Protestant Reformation began. And you, you take those two words and understand them, protest and reform. Mm-hmm. 
Protestant Reformation. It was a protest of what Martin Luther saw as the Catholic atrocities concerning the Scripture, and 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 resulting from that, consequently, a reform resulted, a reform of the church. Many people left the Catholic Church. Other denominations were subsequently born out of that. There are denominations, mainline Protestant denominations that exist today uh, that literally were born out of the Protestant Reformation. For example, the Lutheran Church. Golly, wonder where it got its name from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Martin Luther. Uh, the Lutheran Church, um, the Episcopal Church, the Methodist Church, uh, the Presbyterian Church, all have its roots grounded in, these mainline denominations, grounded in the reform and the breakup of the Catholic Church. That's why, by the way, Mike, so many of these denominations to this day still have a, a huge Catholic flavor to them. Now, I hope my listeners of the Methodist Episcopal and all don't get upset with me right now, but all I mean by that is, um, and and I was raised in the Methodist Church. I have a great-grandfather that was an Episcopalian missionary to China. Uh, Some of the closest friends of my parents' family in the days I was growing up were Presbyterian, and so I've been in all these churches. I know of where I speak. I have a lot of Catholic friends, especially in New Orleans. I've been to Catholic churches, Catholic masses, Catholic weddings, Catholic funerals, so I know what I'm speaking of when I make these observations that a lot of these mainline Protestant denominations still have a lot of Catholic remnants. Some practice to this day infant baptism. Most of them have the priests with the long flowing robes and the candles and the, you know, in the high church kind of atmosphere. A lot of that holdover from the Catholic uh, uh, church from whence they came. Uh, Some of the doctrine and theology, which we don't have time to get into today on this show, still is very Catholic in nature, in my humble opinion, as an evangelical Christian. So, um, so that's basically it in a nutshell. That's where the Catholic, that's what the, the, the Protestant Reformation is about. And it basically then caused this schism or this divide between the Roman Catholic Church, which now is in America. You know, America was founded in the 1600s, and of course, uh, largely by Protestants and pilgrims, and a lot of those being of the Protestant, uh, more of the Protestant denominations and faiths. Uh, but the Catholic Church, of course, under our Constitution, uh, is welcome here and has been welcomed here. Of course, under the Spanish conquerors and settlers in this area and Columbus and all this, you know, the Catholic faith was here too and the Catholic Church was here. So so Protestants and Catholics have been on these shores together for a long, long time, still exist, coexist quite peacefully today. But uh, so Americans and American Christians are, are, are pretty pretty insulated and sometimes not as savvy to the facts of the Protestant Reformation as our British, excuse me, European and British counterparts are, because it didn't happen on our continent. But it is, it is a big thing, and it, and it answers a lot of questions people have about where did the different denominations come from, and what's the difference between Protestants and Catholics. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the break. Well, we do need to take our break now. When we get back, we will discuss that. My question on the other side is going to be, are there non-Catholic denominations that exist today that did not stem from the Protestant Reformation? You mentioned a few you know, a little while ago that did. Let's uh, find out if there are any that exist as good. non-Catholic Christian, but are they technically Protestant? I wanted so desperately to address that in the first part, and I knew I was running out of time, so you read my mind. Well, we'll do it in the second good. part. And that'll happen in just a moment when Ask the Preacher continues. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher. I'm your host, Mike Bates. Carl Gallups is with us. And before we took the break in the first segment of today's show, we were talking about some of the Christian denominations, the non-Catholic Christian denominations that resulted from Martin Luther's Protestant Reformation in the 1500s. Those would be known as the mainline Protestant denominations. Are there today 
non-Catholic Christian denominations that did not stem from the Protestant yes. Reformation? Yes. And well, if the, so, what are they? Yeah, well, the answer to that is yes, and I, I don't know that I have the whole list of them, but I can give some examples. Uh, Baptist, for example, I'm a Baptist preacher. Baptist did not come from nor did they, they did not spring from or have their roots in the Catholic Church. Um, but rather, see, while the Roman Catholic Church, see, see, now there are listeners that are going to be mad with me, whatever I'm getting ready to say, but I want to prove to you historically, if you will think commonsensically, you will know that I'm right. Whether you like the, this fact of history or not, it is true. The Roman Catholic Church in Europe in the 15th, 16th, 1700s was quite oppressive to the European people, and that's a lot of what the Protestant Reformation was about. But prior to the Reformation, it was oppressive in that there were people who refused to become a part of the Catholic system, but who still considered themselves to be Christians, and the Catholic Church persecuted them unmercifully. That is borne out in the fact, how did the United States get started? The Pilgrims. Mm-hmm. Who were they? People escaping religious persecution, persecution in Europe. That's what the his, history books say. Mm-hmm. But what, what does that mean, religious persecution? Specifically, Catholic and Church of England persecution. Specifically, they were escaping the persecution of the Roman Catholic Church and the Church of England because these were Christian people who had never been a part of those systems mm-hmm. and who had desired to worship the Lord Jesus Christ from a scriptural standpoint in the privacy of their own congregations without being a part of this government-sanctioned religion called the Roman Catholic Church or the Church of England. They got on boats and they said, we would rather fight a strange land, cold, hard winters, savage Indians, and starvation, and raise our children in an atmosphere where we can worship Jesus in freedom than to live in a, in a nation or a continent that persecutes us, puts us to death, seizes our property, puts us in jail because we will not join the Church of England or the Roman Catholic Church. That's how our nation was founded, Mike. So, yes, the Roman Catholic system in the Church of England in those days was very oppressive in Europe. Our nation was founded. That's, again, why the First Amendment was so important to our Constitution, Mm -hmm. because our forefathers realized that, man, we can never let that happen in the United States, where the government establishes a particular denomination and says, everybody has to be this or we put you in jail. See, that's why this whole argument, and it's a whole another show about separation of church and state, is so, so misguided and misunderstood in our nation. It was never to be a, a protection from, uh, uh, of religion, but protection from religion, from the government enforcing a particular denomination upon us. So, yes, so you, for example, uh, the, 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 these groups that were in Europe, um, they would often be labeled with names. Baptists were labeled that name because they believed that b- baptism was for baptism of believers only and not for infants who were not making a profession of faith like the Catholic Church uh, practiced and like the Church of England practiced and like some of the mainline Protestant domina- denominations were still practicing like Lutheran and etc. Episcopal and they said no you know, baptizing a baby doesn't make a baby go to heaven pronouncing it but a priest sprinkling water over a baby's head doesn't make it go to heaven and so they said baptism for believers only for those who make a profession of faith in Jesus Christ that's what the scriptural examples are and so they were labeled as Baptists oh there's a bunch of Baptists and this is a derogatory yeah it's a derogatory term yeah Yeah, kind of in the 1600s well Baptist of course came over to the United States and were very influential by the way in the founding of our nation and in the writing of our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution Uh, a lot of our founding fathers were Baptist by the way not 
all of them. Uh, but uh, so yes, yes. They, so so Baptists, for example, of which I am a Baptist pastor, um, we are Protestant theologically, but not historically. What do I mean by that? Is what I mean. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that is that we agree with the Protestants, Protestant mainline denominations, that the Catholic Church's theology is biblically askew. That's what we would say. But we do not trace our historical roots as coming out of the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. as do the mainline Protestant denominations. There are other denominations. Oh, gosh, Christ Missionary Alliance, Assembly of God, uh, 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 Evangelical Free Churches, uh, the Bible Churches. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on, and I don't have the whole list. But there are a lot of Christian churches, uh, the, the Quakers, the 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 oh. I can't think of all Mennonites, of them. Uh, the Mennonites, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Some of the none of Jehovah's these Witnesses, none of these came out well. I don't include Jehovah's Witnesses as a Christian denomination. Okay. We've done we'll that's do another, another whole show. show on okay. that. Yeah, <laughs> but but these denominations, um, they never were a part of the Catholic Church. So they don't even have their history there, Baptist included. Mm -hmm. So see, I, it, it kills me when I hear the news media speak of the the Protestant, the the Baptist Church, the Protestants, the Baptist. You know, and I say no. I scream at the TV a lot. No, <laughs> the, you know, the news anchors don't have a clue. They don't have a clue when they include lump Baptist in with Protestants. Mm -hmm. We're Protestant theologically, but not historically. We did not come out of the Catholic Church. Our forefathers are those who escaped Europe and came to America to establish a nation that they were escaping the religious persecution of the Roman Catholic. Church and the Church of England. You know, people ask me sometimes, Mike, well, gosh, do you think all Catholics are going to hell then? And, you know, my answer to that is no more than I think all Baptists are going to heaven. Of course not. There are precious Jesus-loving born-again people in the Catholic denomination. I personally believe and am of the opinion that the Catholic Church does not do nearly the job it needs to do on emphasizing a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in order to be saved. But rather they emphasize you must have a relationship with the church in order to be saved. And that's one of the biggest things that separates Catholics from evangelicals. For example, Baptists. We say, look, you need to be saved through the blood of Jesus then you find you a good church that exalts Jesus. The church doesn't save you. The preacher doesn't save you. The priest doesn't save you. There's no system of indulgences. There's no levels of heaven that you work your way through by your relatives paying your way through. None of that exists. What you need is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ through his blood and, and, and through your personal commitment to him. Then you find a good church family. Whereas the Catholic church basically says, you need a personal relationship with Jesus, but the only way you're going to get that is by being a Catholic. Well, and there and are that's people, what the Reformation is about. There are people that are going to hear this and think that you're Catholic bashing. So let me jump in and just say that you're not. I no, I, I certainly am not. Well, but there are some people that will perceive it that way. I was raised Catholic. I don't know if you know that or not, but I, I was raised Catholic. Yeah. And I, I, oh, now, gee, now you tell me. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm now attend a Methodist church. Okay, my parents are still Catholic, and I'm still in very Catholic. Yeah. In fact, they're very Catholic. And a lot of what you've said is historically true, which when I was raised as a Catholic, I was never taught that from within the church or within the family. It was only in later years that I learned of that and studied the doctrine and theology more Catholicism versus the Bible. And that's largely why I don't go to a Catholic church anymore. I disagree with it. Do I think they're all going to hell? No, no. of course not. No. But if I thought that it was... Correct, I'd still be Catholic. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, there are some uh, 
Protestant and or evangelical people and even preachers out there who have proclaimed that if you're a part of the Catholic Church, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I hate that. I'm so sorry for that. Um, again, Catholic, Baptist, Episcopal, Methodist, none of that. They were, they're not going to ask you that when you stand before the Lord in heaven. Mm-hmm. All that matters is, have you committed your life to Jesus Christ in a personal way? Have you asked Jesus to save you and committed your life to him? Now, what I find is that when a lot of people do that, they usually come out of a denomination, Catholic or otherwise, that's, that is more structured around the relationship with the church. And they usually get into a church that's more structured around your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the nicest way I know how to say that. And, and so, but back to what you and I were just saying. No, I am not Catholic bashing. I am telling you history. I'm telling you the facts. I am accused of Catholic bashing a lot. It's amazing because all I'm saying is what's written in the history books. And, and yet people say I'm bashing Catholics and I'm not. So ultimately, to sum it up, the Protestant Reformation brought the people's relationship with God back to a direct one-on-one, not having to go through an intermediary. Is that a pretty good summation? Um, it's a simplified summation. It's much more complex than that, but that is, that is, Mike, you're correct, not trying to parse your words too closely, that is a huge part of the Reformation understanding, yes. Okay, well, we'll have to do the five and a half hours more that's needed at another time because we're out of time now. But um, you can get information on this and other topics at the website for Hickory Hammock. It is www.hickoryhammockbaptist.org. It's a great website. Carl, would you please close us in prayer? I will. Jesus, I know that you know the heart, uh, the spirit of my heart on this. And I pray, Lord, that you would temper that for the listeners that might have been offended. But Lord, I know that what I've spoken is truth. And I pray that that truth will set people free. Lord, we just want to exalt you, the truth and the clarity and the purity of your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.